This is the Abrazo's Lounge Podcast, your source for everything iRacing, including race reviews, driver interviews, opinions, discussions, and much more. Here's your host, Mike Ellis. Welcome to the iRacer's Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacer's Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewyside 55 Carlos Fonseca, Dave Smith, Kyle Fleischman, Brad Wren, and special guest Paul Zotta. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thank you. Nice turnout tonight. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Paul, let's start out with you. Um, thanks for coming on. Uh, tell us about how you got started in iRacing and, and uh, as an iRacer. And how did you hear about iRacing to begin with? Hey, and thanks for having me on. Uh, I started racing back when the NASCAR 2003 days, and, um, you know, that was around for a while. And then once that kind of died off, iRacing was kind of picking up. But at the time, I really didn't want to pay for racing. It, re- it wasn't a normal thing uh, that you did at the time. And a lot more guys that we raced with started heading that way and were telling us how good it was and all. So, uh, I bit the bullet and I decided to do a uh, three-month trial um, back in uh, 2011, I think it was, when I first joined. And, um, you know, it, it was tough. It was a lot different than what I was used to. Um, you, you really had to drive more now so than, you know, what you had to do before. But uh, once I got past the paying part of it, I guess you could say, where a lot of guys have a fight with it, uh, started to become you know a lot more better and once you started owning a little bit more content it, it made it a little bit more easier to uh get on and do a lot more racing and enjoy it um and i've been on since that's crazy that's a long time now what's interesting uh we're looking at your uh your career stats and what's interesting about you paul is you're you're one of those drivers that we we haven't had one of you in a long time where you don't really run official uh, you run hosted and you run league uh, exclusively, it looks like. Uh, I see your last race was in 2015. So it's been a while since you've done an official race. Yeah, I was doing, uh, when I first got on, um, I really didn't know much about the license thing or, or what. I just got involved with a couple of leagues from guys that I ran with, and they invited me to come run in their league, and they weren't really uh, too concerned about license. So for the first year and a half, almost two years on here, I'd never even ran an official, and I never really got uh, accommodated with uh, navigating the iRacing uh, website and how to go about it. Um, but after a while, I said, you know, when we started our league, we started our league in 2013, and um, I said, well, I might as well move up in class a little bit with my license. So I started doing officials, and, you know, officials are great. I, I really do like doing official races. The problem is... Uh, sometimes in the official races, um, you don't always have guys in that are in the same type of head that you're in. Some guys are just out there for fun and they don't really care if they wreck you. They're not worried about points. They're not worried about I rating and stuff. And, um, I got destroyed a couple of times on, on a couple of tracks that, you know, you could go five, six wide. And, um, after that last time I took a big hit in my I rating, I just kind of exclusively stayed with, um, you know, racing with the leagues. Because at least this way, if you get, you know, into a wreck in the leagues or somebody wrecks you or whatever, it doesn't hurt your I rating and your safety rating, per se. 
Yeah. But there's a lot of uh, a lot of drivers just like yourself that that's all they do is run league, you know. And um, I know a lot of people like that, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But, I, you know, I just wanted to point out that people use the service in different ways. Like uh, right now, I'm almost exclusive to official. I do run a little bit league, and I never even touch hosted anymore. So, um, but then there's people like you that run, you know, pretty much league exclusive, uh, you know, and then we have others, on, especially on our team, that are quite a mix. Yeah, one thing I would really like to see, and a lot of the guys in the league also um, would like to, and I've sent emails to um, iRacing, um, it would be nice if they would allow you to do a kind of official race in your league races so that this way, you know, because when you're running with the same guys week after week, you kind of know who you can run next to. There's a little bit more respect on the track, um, you know, a little bit more give and take than just run over and get to the front. So if you were able to bring that over into, uh, you know, an established league setting, um, I think that would go really good because guys like me who right now, if you look at my I rating, it's down pretty far and I'm afraid to go back out and try and bring it back up. I'll just, you know, stick where I'm at. But that was something that we kicked around and, um, you know, I've, I've sent it into iRacing and, um, you know, I don't know if it'll ever go anywhere, but that would just be something I would look forward to because that would open up a lot more doors for me in the way I like to race. Right. I mean, it almost sounds like you're, you're talking about championship points. I mean, kind of like if you run the same guys every week, you're running for points, right? Right. We run, we, we run, um, in our league, we run chase, you know, we have points, um, you know, we have penalties and all. And, um, you know, when you're with the same guys week after week and the guys who are dedicated that show up week after week, uh, you know, it, it gets pretty intense. All right. So how often are you running? You'd run in daily or? Uh, I run Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night in the league that I own. And um, I run Monday night in GAC. Um, they usually do a, a Monday and Tuesday night series. Obviously, I can't do Tuesday with them. But um, when they start a new series, I like to run Mondays with them. And uh, I enjoy it. My wife's not too happy that I'm on sometimes four nights a week. But, you know, <laughs> I try oh, to, I've heard that before. I try to keep a balance. You know, It's tough, especially with running a league because it's almost like a full-time job. Uh, okay, so let's talk about your hardware a little bit. What do you got for wheels, pedals, how many monitors? Uh, what I'm using for a wheel is I have a G27 um, that I've had probably now about eight years, maybe nine years. And the only thing I did to it was I um, modified a stock car wheel that I got off eBay and put it on. So I have a 13 and a half inch wheel and I put the buttons and all that on there. So um, it's a lot more real feel. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I picked up of uh, T500RS pedals and um, got them installed uh, probably about two weeks ago. Got them calibrated up and I've been using them because my other G27 pedals, after eight years, um, the, they started to fail a little bit. And uh, I have three 19-inch monitors that I use and I built myself a homemade simulator. So I have, uh, you know, a dash and a cockpit and everything. And uh, it's pretty good. You, you get submersed into it. Right. So what about third-party software? You, anything like that? Yeah, we use, obviously, TeamSpeak. Um, I'm using the Sim Racing app. Um, I really like that one because uh, some of the tracks, when you're going into the pits, we require in our league to stay right during, you know, down pit road. So you can't see your pit stalls, and he counts you down, you know, five, four, three, two, one. 
And the biggest thing that I will not race without is voice attack. I got voice attack uh, about two years ago, and it's um, one of the best. At the time, it was $8. Now it's $10. It was the best $8 I ever spent because I will not race any race without it. Oh, you're going to love a story that we have later in the hour about a plug-in for voice attack uh, that I've been testing. So stay tuned for that. Uh, tell us about your league. And that's how I you know, came to know you is I see you're very active on Facebook promoting uh, your league. So tell us about it and uh, what it's all about. Hi. Um, basically, what, what I've done is I started a league. It's called Southern Motorsports. And we just recently changed one of the uh, – Logos to SOMO, SOMO short for Southern Motorsports. And we started back in 2013 on iRacing. And um, we run right now, we were a Wednesday and Thursday series, but we just added Tuesdays on this year. And um, we run uh, trucks on Tuesdays. We're running Xfinities that we're starting this Wednesday. And we run Cup on Thursdays. And we have uh, a good amount of guys that have been with us from the start of iRace. We have a lot of uh, long-term members, and you know what we try to do in our league is we try to make it as real as we can, and we don't um, beat guys down with certain penalties that a lot of other leagues will. You know, we don't have like some leagues have a spin rule. You know, you spin it three times, you have to park it. We don't do that. We just brought back the uh, end of the longest line if you uh, if you spin or rack, which I'm not a great big fan of because I think if you wreck, you get in, you get out wherever you know may be. But we try to leave the racing to the driver. You know, we um, don't require you to announce when you're pitting. Um, we, we let you use pit strategy so that this way, you know, some leagues we raced in before, uh, if the leader was pitting, he would say he's pitting. Well, all the other guys knew he was pitting, so they would pit with him. So we kind of leave it up to you and kind of, you know, make it so that you can run your own race. You can strategize your own race. And um, the only thing we require really in our league is respect. Um, you know, we don't allow any fighting on the track. We don't allow any retaliation. And um, thankfully, in the years that we've been on iRacing, we ha we've had some really, really great clean drivers and uh, very, very, very low uh, incidents where, you know, thing to um, straighten something out. Um, we've been very lucky that way. But um, like I said, with us racing so much and a lot of our guys are repeat drivers you know they've been with us you get to know who you can race with and the, the racing just is so much better when you know you know who you can race side by side with you know who's going to race you hard who's going to race you clean and uh it, it really makes a big difference yep and for what i what i've seen uh for my observations you have some pretty neat looking graphics for your social media where you actually put the the iRacers uh, car in a victory lane with a trophy and graphics and, and so forth. And that's kind of a neat touch. A lot of leagues don't do that. And I just want to commend you for that. You know, it's kind of nice, you know, hey, I won this race. I want to share this with my family. You actually have something that looks decent that you can you can do that with. Yeah, it's I like doing it. I, I do all the graphics for our league. I run the uh, website and then you know, we started the other website, the uh, SOMO Weekly, and it's, it it started out a little bit more than just our league. We had some NASCAR news and iRacing news. I kind of cut it back a little bit now to um, just a little bit of NASCAR news, some iRacing news, but mostly for our guys. And um, instead of putting winning pictures up Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, 
I put everything all in one and post it, and then you can go and see it and um, do all that. And uh, the Wednesday night, we just finished the K&N Pro Series, and Lupe Gonzalez, he uh, pretty much dominated the season. Uh, but he's the champion, so I made him that champion pitcher, and I took his car, like you said, and I put it in a victory lane scene, kind of changed a little bit in the background, and um, we just ordered his trophy today. Uh, so he'll get a trophy again, and he was our last season's winner in the truck series, and he got a trophy for that also. So, you know, in our league, we try to reward guys and, you know, give them incentives to uh, race clean, race hard. We do, um, you know, trophies. We'll do iRace uh, dollars. Um, sometimes we'll award the top five. Um, we've done, um, what do you call it, the Charlotte, um, the uh, all-star race. You know, we award the top five in those. So, you know, we just try to keep it interesting and keep it going. And something we just added on now, we were only broadcasting Thursday nights through Max Speed TV, uh, which we love Max Speed TV. We, we love their uh, broadcast. They do a great job for us. But we just opened up Tuesday night and Wednesday night to broadcasting on Art. It's Arctic Broadcasting. And, um, you know, we're really happy with them. The, the graphics and stuff that they're coming up with is amazing. But to have three nights a week now that guys can come on and broadcast, it's good because you can show your friends and your family what you're doing on iRacing and, you know, how realistic it is and how, you know, uh, they can see why your adrenaline gets pumped like it does. Yeah, you know, I tell you what, any good league worth their salt is going to be broadcasted because, you know, people demand stuff these days. And, and you know, there's leagues like your own that are out there that broadcast all their events. And I, I find it uh, really fun to be in a race that's broadcast. I can actually pull up the broadcast on my iPhone and kind of watch along. Maybe under caution, I can see a replay of what brought out the caution. So uh, I kind of like it for that reason as well. So uh, next question is, Inside your league, do they segregate into teams at all, or is it just every man on is a, is a single? We allow teams if you want. I know last year teams were pretty popular in our in our uh, Sprint Cup series. This year, uh, there's a couple of guys that have come on that are in teams. I think we have one three car team, but for the most part, I I'd say it's uh, every man for himself. You know. Um, I ran on a team at one time, and um, I'm not really a big fan of teams because it, sometimes it gets in the way of racing, and um, you know, it, guys don't really agree with sometimes things that you do, or if you outrun your teammate at the end, you know, for the win, it, it, it kind of doesn't sit well. But you know, it's racing, so you got to understand it. But um, we're open to it. We we allow anybody to do what they want to do as far as teams and. Um, I, I know we have one that's a three-car team, and I think we have one that's a two-car team, but that, most of the other guys are all single. Right. All right, and then the final question of our interview segment, what's your most memorable iRacing moment? Probably my most memorable iRacing moment was uh, Monday night racing at GAC. Uh, I got my first win in the super late models, and um, you know I just got over being sick that week. I, I wasn't even going to race that night. And to come out with a win that night, I mean, that that really uh, was something that, you know, helped me because I was at the point in, in my racing where I didn't feel like I was ever going to get a win. I didn't feel like I was getting better. I was always struggling. And then to come out, and they had some uh, real heavy hitters, some real good competition, to come out with that win just uh, really helped my momentum and, uh, you know, made me want to go back and test and, and work on my settings and get my stuff a little bit more better. 
Yep. Well, uh, appreciate you joining us uh, here at the lounge. Uh, hang out. We'll go through the rest of the topics. Uh, your website is facebook.com backslash SMRL Sim Racing. Right. And you got a you got a traditional website as well, but uh, that's the one I follow anyway on Facebook and how I see all your stuff. And uh, you got some great drivers over there. I, I recognize some of the names and uh, and uh, yeah, it looks like a nice league. Yeah, we have some real good guys. We're um, in the Cup Series now. We're slowly heading towards the uh, chase, and we're going to have sixteen guys to start off in the chase. And uh, man, it's going to be tough because some of these guys out here are just man. Some weeks I just don't know. They're in a race by themselves. Right. All right, uh, Brad. What's up next? The Peak Antifree Series was back in action this past week at Indianapolis, and um, Dylan Duval took the win. And uh, looking at the results, Dylan Duval was first, P.J. Sturgis second, Ray Alfala was third, Justin Bolton fourth, and Mitchell Hunt was fifth. Um, watching the video, it was a pretty exciting race. A bunch of late race cautions and I think a little bit of pit strategy and uh, some real aggressive driving uh, gave Dylan the win. So congrats to Dylan. Um, he's a, the uh, first Canadian to, to win a peak antifreeze series race. So a little history in the making right there. Yeah, first time winner too. Yep. So looking at the uh, points, Ray Alfala still has the uh, has a lead over P.J. Sturgios, but only by 13 points. So uh, Jake Sturgios is in third, Chris Overland's in fourth, and Kenny Humphy is in fifth. So things continue to get tight up front, really between Ray and uh, and P.J. So I uh, actually watched a portion of this on my LG 55-inch 4K television, and. Uh, at one point under caution, and I think, Kyle, you might have saw this too, a blinker uh, decided to, you know, he was rolled forward through the, the row of cars under caution and, and took out a bunch of cars. So, like, he ghosted through the two in front of him, and then when he got to the next one in front of him, he actually ran into him, and he ran into the guy in front of him, and then the guy in front of him, and so forth. And, uh Man, that was something. You know, we've seen that before in our races, and it's kind of uh, interesting to see it in the peak race. And surely iRacing got to be taking note of these connection problems. Yeah. I mean, I guess I said, uh, you know, I experienced it a few weeks ago in New Hampshire. And, um, you know, I think you guys talked about it before, but there's, they're really saying it's not on their end per se. But I don't know. It hasn't happened to me in a few weeks, but it continues to happen every week to somebody. Yeah, we we noticed a lot of uh, we we're calling it server issues. We've been noticing a lot of server issues because we have guys that are blinking out that normally don't. Yeah, I just think that, and I said this last week. I think there's an increase in the noise of you know people having connection issues. There's there's certainly an increase in it from what I've seen. All right, Kyle, what's up next? Uh, the next is the. Uh... MIS series, the team seemed to be kind of a little bit better than the last time we were here, but um, looks like Carlos had the best finish on the team in the open side with a second place finish. Want to talk about that, Carlos? That's all I ran. <laughs> I didn't run anything else. Just, well, I think so I ran one, the previous so night. So one start open. and you got second? No, second start. Oh. The first one I wrecked out of. and had Were some, you in uh, position to win? For what? 
when for the that finish in second. Well, kind of, but not really. It's something to do with uh, me and the leader didn't pit, and like four other ones didn't either. And that's pretty much what got me back to where I should have been. That was where I should have been with second. It, something happened. I got back to 20-something police. Then big old wreck happens during that run. One of the final runs. It's like 30 lap run. Big old wreck happened. No yellow. That I mean, seems like, to happen a lot this week. I oh, yeah. No, I seen, it, I'm talking about like 20 cars smoking for some reason backwards. No yellow. And a guy barely gets sideways and the caution comes out. With two, with uh, under five to go. So I, so I didn't pit, and I've been running second the whole race before I got shuffled to the back there. And uh, I don't know, Dave built one great setup, if you ask me, at least for that weather condition. It got me. Uh, I was able to stay consistently with the leader. I mean, he would get out there by I don't know about a, a second or so, but then it just stall out to where he couldn't get away from me, and but I couldn't catch him. We were like even, so I don't know. It was a fun race. All right, Mike. Uh, my week, you know, thirteenth uh, in open, fifteenth in fixed. Uh, it's kind of an average finish, but uh, kind of an average driver, I guess, but. Uh, let me tell you about my week. Uh, I'm just slow. I'm one of the slowest out there. I'm kind of hoping for attrition, and sometimes I'm not getting it. Uh, I 13th on Wednesday, 15th on Thursday. Friday, I uh, actually got caught up with uh, when Dennis Nickel was running second, and he went to block a guy who got a uh, jump on the late restart uh, out to his outside, and they wreck and come across and take out the field like 10 cars and including three out of four from my team uh so wow. that was yeah so i i wanted to point that out and we actually i caught a video of that uh and posted it on our facebook page and that's kind of how it went you know uh especially over the weekend too uh saturday a, a late restart uh patrice langlet took it three wide on the bottom you know that's how people uh, get these spots uh, going into one there on a restart, and it caused a huge wreck. And, of course, it was way up in front of me, but I, you know, got caught up in it. Uh, Sunday, same thing, caught up in somebody else's wreck. And there was a big pileup on the a late uh, lap last restart. Um, I want to say sorry to my good buddy Jay Collins out there. I actually was a lap down and just kind of in the middle of the, everything. And I ended up hitting the wall, and it, it hit him and caused him a, a you know, uh, a good run there to the checkered and I probably shouldn't have been in there and he called me out on it and he's right. I shouldn't have been in there. Oh, uh, how about Lance? Uh, first open race of the, of the week. Um, actually ran Dave set, uh, had a really great run, got some damage early, little pit strategy, got up front, was in the lead with, uh, 10 laps to go, uh, for a restart. Um, got passed by the first two guys, held them, held off, uh, held off the rest of the field for a couple of laps. Caution came out and um, finished P3 with a damaged car, so I was pretty happy with that. <laughs> Not too bad. Uh, what happened on your fixed? It looks like your best was a 22nd this week. Yeah, fixed, uh, fixed race. I, I'm not still not quite sure what happened. I'm. I'm thinking the guy um, 
guy's S bar went to uh, went to crap, and he just couldn't see anybody, and drove over a couple of guys, me included. Um, never got an explanation. Never got an apology. Um, just um, bad race. Had Wreck a, you, good, and thank you very much. Yep, uh, had a good solid top ten going, and um, had it all tossed in the trash can. Lap fifty two. Yeah, I saw the uh, the video somebody streamed when he drove through you. That was pretty ugly. <laughs> and uh, Brad Miller's not here tonight, but he picked up a fifth place in the Open and uh, 14th in the fix this week. So not bad. Another top five for the team. How about you, Brad Run? Uh, Pocono. I'm just kind of stuck in this 10 to 15th or so place finishing and open race. Friday was, the car was good. Dave's setup was good, was running in the top 10, and I just, I got squirrely coming out of one and popped the wall, and shame on me. That's my fault, but, you know, car was, finished. yeah, but the car was never competitive after that, and, and I kind of, I survived for a 10th place finish. Um, you know, the only chance I had to run was Sunday night fixed, and end up with a P16 and second split, and it's just not a fun place to race. Um, there's just so many people are just completely overdriving their heads, you know, wrecked early by impatient drivers. Um, you know, the car never had pace after that. Went two laps down and survived, ended up finishing 16th. Um, you know, it's just, I'm competitive, I have speed, and I just can't seem to, to catch a break, you know. I mean, you got guys that are running three and four wide, and, you know, you move out of the way to try to give them room, and then you still get wrecked. It's... It's just frustrating, you know, and I'm just glad we don't race there good until June of next year. All right. Brian's not around right now with his real-life racing gig he's got going on. Jose's not here tonight. He had a top-10 finish in the Open with a 10th place and a 15th place in the fix, so I guess pretty consistent. Um, yeah, he was happy you, with those. He had uh, some hard races, but good finishes. He's been having some pretty tough luck. Seems like, like, like I told him last night after the race, he gets one good week and then about five weeks of backtracking. So it's good to see him happy for once. How about you, Dave? How'd you do? A fourth in the open and eighth in the fixed? Yeah, I ran uh, the uh, the fix just more or less for fun. I'm not in it for points there anymore. I, I ran it for fun, and I, I like going to Pocono, so that's one of the reasons why I, I ran Fix this week. And uh, On the open side, I, I came out of Indy with the points lead, and uh, going into Pocono, I chose not to uh, rely on the setup I built for the, the first race we had here this year. I went back and completely rebuilt the, uh, the setup from the ground up, and uh, I had a really good good run. And uh, I ended up finishing fourth, just staying out of trouble, doing what I got to do. I'm, I'm pretty much just points racing from, from here on out. I, uh, I'm currently in the points lead uh, by 74 points, so I'm just trying to roll out the top fives. I'm currently the uh, got the most top fives out of anybody in the top 25 in points, so I think that's one of the reasons why I'm the current points leader is I've just been knocking out the top fives. Yeah, wins are great, but wins aren't necessarily the only thing that's going to win you a championship. So I've just been knocking out the top fives and 
points racing from here on out. I had fun this week. Yeah, it's good when you uh, learn that points racing will get you where you need to be. It really helps a lot while keeping you from uh, getting back too far. Instead of racing the guys, you just know where you got to be on the track. Exactly. And that was one of the things that I didn't do last year. I wasn't patient. Um, and I wasn't really watching the points and doing what I needed to do to, to keep myself in position. I was, I was more aggressive than I needed to be. And I, I wasn't patient, you know, this year I've been a lot more patient, just you know, doing what I, I got to do and, and trying to build the, the, the best setup that I can, uh, to go out there and, and just try to knock out the top fives. You know, the setup was great, by the way. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, from all of your teammates, uh, we all ran it and did, and it seemed to like it. I didn't hear any bad feedback at all. Uh, Dave, you, you got gained some I rating because you've been running up in my splits where I've been. Uh, and I ran a few races with you uh, this week. And what I noticed is you're starting from pit lane and you're driving up through the field. Unlike most other people, I think if everyone could say, you know, once the restarts happened at Pocono, it's pretty much, you know, follow the leader, stay in line unless somebody messes up. Yes, that is correct, Mike. I start, I qualify uh, every race. I will qualify, you know, get that pit stall selection. And I could get the pull and nine times out of ten, I'm not starting on grid. I start from pit road every single race, um, even at Daytona and Talladega. That strategy uh, here as of late has kind of bit me because we've been getting some really good uh, green flag runs at Talladega and Daytona, so that strategy doesn't work well for me. But I've always stuck to that strategy, and the biggest reason why I do it that way is my mindset is if I'm starting up front, I subconsciously feel I have to do everything I can to try to stay there. And keep that track position. So you're driving the car harder than you need to. You know, the old saying goes, to finish first, first you must finish. And so by starting from pit road, I just run my own pace. You know, even at Martinsville, I start at pit road. There's one track that I do not start at pit road, and that's Bristol. And the only reason why I don't do it at Bristol is because it's impossible to start on pit road without going a, a lap down. But if you start on pit road i i can pace myself i don't need to uh worry about trying to keep that track position early in the race or running your tires off early like i do yes exactly you know, you just you take your time you, you get that first caution you get on fresh tires with everybody else and you're on the on the same plane you know and another way to look at it is if I really belong up there where I qualified and I'm not just a hot lap hero, I'll make it back up there. So, you know, it kind of shakes itself out to I make it up to where I am the best in that field. So if I qualified first, but I can't drive it good enough to to keep it in the lead and stay in the top three, then... I'm just going to end up falling back and, and possibly being in the way or overdriving the car. So it's a it's an easier approach to just come up through the through the back, and you'll wind up where where your car and your talent let you. And this week I actually 
I hit my, you were talking about I rating, I hit my all-time high of 3,000 this week. And so that, that's a pretty big accomplishment because I've been on iRacing for five years and just now hit 3,000 iRating. So I'm I'm pretty proud of that accomplishment. I uh, I did some truck racing and the fixed racing this week. So I ended up actually dropping back down to like a 2,800. But I still got there. And so I know You'll I can it make back. it back. All right. Well, that's Pocono, guys. Uh well, let me talk about my stats. Yeah, well, how'd you do? I ended up pulling down a seventh place finish in the open again, thanks to Dave for the setup um, this week. It's definitely a really solid setup, I felt. Uh, tenth place last night in the fix was the best I could do. I didn't get to race too much this week because of family issues, but um, I was pretty happy with that. I was actually running in second place under green flag pit stops and Got caught speeding on pit road and ended up dropping back to 15th place and ran myself back up. At one point in the beginning of the race, um, I, when I started the race, I missed the start on accident and um, sped off pit road. So I had a black flag and uh, I went to serve that, dropped to 22nd and uh, caution came out while I was serving the flag. So I ended up dropping from 22nd all the way up to second place on a green flag run. But... Um, Towards the end, it just came a caution fest. And surprisingly, I always have a problem with these fixed setups this year. I don't know why I'm running second in the points in both the open and the fixed in my division, but these fixed setups are awful, and I don't know. I must have just grasped it last night and pulled down a 10th place finish. So looking forward to the Glen, my home track, next week. That fixed set was definitely loose this week. I will give it that. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick is, you know, I noticed six weeks ago we ran at Pocono. It seemed like it was a caution fest, and then there was always delayed caution, or delayed greens. This week, it seemed like there were wrecks that should have totally been cautions, and they weren't throwing yellows at all. So, I, again, we go back to, is the system really broken or what? Have they changed it, I wonder, in the six weeks? That would be my first question. What did I don't know. Change? Did anybody else experience delayed greens constantly, like every caution last six weeks ago? And then this week it seemed like there was just wrecks and spins and no cautions thrown at all. I mean, I'm not complaining. I ran uh, Wednesday night. I ran the fixed race. No, sorry, Saturday afternoon at noon I ran the fixed race. 80 laps, green, no cautions whatsoever. Were there wrecks that should have been cautions? Most definitely. There was tons of cars that spun out. but um, And they were in the track, but no cautions thrown. So, I don't know. It's, there's just something going on with the yellow flag system in the gate in the uh, sim this week. Yeah, we experienced the same thing in the league race at Pocono this week. Um, you know, we had guys that spun, and they even came over to chat and said, uh, no caution i don't believe it you know and i'm racing so i couldn't really see it and because the caution didn't come out we couldn't tell you know what it was but going back looking at the replay yeah there was probably four or five times uh caution should have definitely come out because they were on the track and it did not but you know i, I like i feel bad for the guys because a couple of the guys really suffered for it but you know there's nothing you can do at that point well it, it makes you wonder i mean it this is not saying anything bad about the quality of drivers that iRacing has. But the truth be known that, you know, a lot, speaking strictly the oval side, because that's all I do, um, 
on on the oval side of things, you know, nine times out of ten, you get, you know, you go into an official race and you get these wrecks. I mean, it, it's constant. It happens almost every race you go into. You you get wrecks. I'm wondering if iRacing has nerfed the yellow flags because of you know the constant uh, wrecking that we have. I don't know. I mean, there's certain tracks I think that are more prone to it. You know, I mean, we go through it with Michigan and California. Michigan. You know, I mean, even I've seen wrecks at Atlanta that really ought to be a yellow and aren't. So uh, there doesn't ever seem to be a rhyme or reason to it. But I'm not complaining personally. Who wants to see more yellow flags, right? And real quick. Comparing our product to the real NASCAR product, wow, I mean, those guys, the truck race at Pocono, they never ran longer than six green flag laps in their race. It was a caution fest. And guess what? That's kind of how our races go, too. But it almost seems like those NASCAR boys can wad them up even more than us. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that race pretty much looked like a classy fix. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, next topic we've got to talk about is Tony Stewart, uh, three-time NASCAR champion. Last week on Thursday, raced uh, the boys over at the Peak Antifreeze Series, and there was all kinds of follow-up media. Um, Carlos is going to show some of that on the Twitch, but uh, well, hopefully. Uh, one of the stories actually came from NBC Sports, uh, which actually gives you know a lot of views and and whatnot. Um, great promotion, you know. One thing that came out of uh, well, a couple things that came out of uh, after the race was Stewart raced in a SimCraft Apex Three GTC Plus uh, cockpit, and it's like a pretty nice looking cockpit uh, you can see the video right at nascar.com and and several other places but uh i thought it was kind of neat that they put him in a fairly decent setup is that a fanatic uh, yeah the wheel? the wheel yep i think yeah some people in the forum were complaining why didn't they give him a direct drive wheel you know like the osw or the bodnar or, or uh the accuforce or one of those you only to rip his arms off. Right. Um, a couple things also. Uh, comments. Uh, here's one comment from Tony Stewart. I can tell you one thing. What I've learned in the past is these guys that race online are serious. And they're really good at what they do. Uh, another thing, and I'm going to paraphrase this. But he did say afterwards that there's no side force to pin the back of these A-cars down. And he was having the same problem we were with the, fi the fix set where he was loose off. You know, he would come late out of three and spin down towards pit road. Um, interestingly, when they had a practice before the race, I was able to join that practice as a spectator. And I got on the track, and I actually ran some laps next to Tony Stewart, actually behind him, and then I came up next to him, and then I passed him. And I got a couple screenshots, and it was kind of neat uh, to be on the track with him, even though he couldn't see me. But uh, I just thought that was kind of cool. 
No, that, that's that's cool. I mean, and I agree with what Tony said. I mean, that's the one thing that, that I, I still think is lacking. You know, these cars, the real cars, do produce a lot of downforce, especially on the rear end. And um, the side force, is, it, it's missing. It's it's missing. Yeah, it's not really. I mean, it's a side force missing, but it's not the only thing. The tires, there's no gripping on their wheel spin. There's just too much. Yeah. It's been too easy. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, part of that is you've got, you know, our, our racing doesn't, Goodyear's changing the tires every single week, so, I mean, our racing kind of has to go with a, I don't want to say a generic tire, but they've got to go with something that kind of goes across the whole board, and I'm not upset, I mean, I'm having a good time, um, you know, but at the same time, too, you know, Tony and anybody else that drives race cars for a living, you drive the car off your butt, and there's... When you get in a sim, you know, we use a lot of visual and, and audio clues because we don't have that seat of the pants feeling. And that's the hardest thing for, I think, real guys to to be able to make that leap from the real stuff to, to sim racing is, is you don't have the seat of the pants. And the, the biggest thing you struggle with is like Tony did, which, which is losing the car continually because you can't feel it. Yeah, and I think he said something to the effect of, a real in the real car, you can just drive up off that corner, and it ain't gonna go around just because there's less there's less horsepower kind of thing and lots of downforce, like you said. Well, I mean, I think even you know with the open setup that we had, I mean, you could drive it off the corner fine as long as you got in okay. But I mean, really from apex on, I mean, you could pretty much mack the car and get off the corner. Um, the fix set, you know, not as much. So I think we, you know, we we can do that. But again, it's it to me. It goes back to that seat of the pants thing that we pick up on a lot of the other clues that we have in sim racing. That those are clues that aren't there at a real race car, and, and you don't use them. Okay, so last week I had said my concern was: Is Tony Stewart going to be embarrassed at the end of this? And so, what's the answer? Did he embarrass himself or not? And I think the answer is no, is my opinion, because. Yeah, during the first practice, he was way out. He was way off. He was three seconds off. He was spinning off almost every lap. But, you know, I do that a lot in the first practice of the week, too. Uh, but by the time the heat races came in the main event, he was running, I think, within three-tenths of what the other guys were running. Oh, yeah, he eventually got up to pace, but it's just... <laughs> Miss, you know, and I was saying one mistake and you're done for. I mean, you're never going to get that time back. Exactly. But the but you what you said is he got up to pace. He was at pace. Oh yeah. The first first there was two heat races and then the main one, I guess. The first one he was, I guess, getting passed by quite a bit of people, but really never made a mistake. But he had a kind of lost a lot of time and had a decent finish and the second one I think he was running in the top five and had a spin off and had to finish last there and in the main that's where he finished as well second to last and 36 but that yeah, was because of a spin and I got the impression that they were being a little gentle with him you know they weren't racing their normal cutthroat you know kind of I think they were kind of tiptoeing around him is the impression I got yeah I don't know I've seen some guys that were running right against him, so... Oh, yeah. I know that there was chatter in forums and stuff about not wanting to be that guy that took him out, but I don't think anybody was giving him leniency. They're all out there for that number one spot. 
Oh, especially through the tunnel. There was he would they would make sure to make sure he was up high so he wouldn't be able to turn down. I wouldn't give him leniency. If I <laughs> if I could get on the track with Tony Stewart and beat him, you know, heads up fair and square. You bet I'm gonna drive the wheels off that car. And yeah, maybe they Tony were. Stewart. I don't know. They're just so smooth; it didn't look like it. That's how good these drivers are. So, what's the results? We were looking for results. Did we find them? Well, I guess I'll say it. I said something in our chat on Facebook, but I forgot what it was. But I'll just go through what I remember. I think the winner of the main was uh, Alan Bowes. I forgot it was second. Oh, Sturgis Brothers. Yeah, PJ Sturgis second, and Jake in second. Her third. And then Stewart was second from last. Yeah, he's 36. Okay. Yeah, and he yeah. had spun off, but but before that, he was running competitive laps, you know. Yeah, yeah. he was right there before that, that little mistake off of three where it just it kicked out on him at the last second. Well, you know, I was impressed. I mean, he his practice started off really rough. He, he didn't give up. He didn't get discouraged. He kept trying. And he got better. And by, you know, a couple hours later, you know, he had it together. And he did a good job, and he didn't embarrass himself. So, good job, Tony. I mean, honestly, when you first start out on iRacing, you start out with them rookie cars. I don't know if anybody else remembers them, but I do. And it was awful. So Yeah, can, can you I imagine jumping a lot in of these? credit for being able to hold a car straight in a sim against... The top guys. I mean, these are the top guys in our racing. In a full motion rig, too. So it's not like he's sitting down just at a desk, either. And one of the hardest tracks in oval racing, too. Yep. So I think he did I think he did good. Like I said, I don't yeah. think he embarrassed himself at all. He did not. Yeah, I definitely commend him for even attempting it. So... Uh, moving on, there was a video posted last week with a uh, update for the dynamic track development update. And um, since we talked with iRacing software engineer Dan Garrison about future updates to our dynamic track features uh, due to be released in September build, some of the highlights were refined calculations for heat transfer in direction from the tire to the track, temperature much more dynamic, the track will warm and cool more quickly according to where the cars drive, and which, and which imparts more energy to the track. New calculations of how the rubber is torn from the tire, from rubber in the track. Rolling tire will pick up more rubber, thickness of rubber making the tire respond to the amount of rubber on the track, and then able to influence how fast the track rubbers in in areas where the tires are working hard. And I think the one thing that was notable about it was uh, most of this development has come from uh, the dirt development is what they're leaning towards. And this is uh, an update I'm looking forward to personally because I have been waiting for multi-groove racing since I've been a part of iRacing. And this is just another step in that direction. Uh, is it the end-all, be-all? No, I, I think they're probably still going to need to do some work on the tire side of things. But it's definitely headed in that direction to where we'll get better multi-groove racing. I hope so, but I don't have a whole lot of faith in that. And I think I don't think it's so much a tire issue or a rubber issue. I think it's more to do with a surface issue. Yep. And that there needs to be more versions of just asphalt or concrete. 
Um, you know, you're not looking when, when guys start hunting lanes, they're not looking for rubber. They're looking for clean track and they're looking for grip. So, you know, it's not an issue to me of a track rubbering up. You need to find where there's no rubber is where you're looking for grip. You think about a California or you think about any tracks where you start to get the high groove. The reason the guys go up there, yeah, it's cool, but they're going up there because nobody else has been up there and that's where all the grip's at. We can't do that. Yep. Okay, but I, th- I, I agree with Dave, though. I think they're going the right way with it. It is going the right direction, it seems like. Yeah, really, uh, the only uh, track that seems kind of multi-groove is Chicagoland. Remember the first build of the dynamic track you were able to run next to the wall at the bottom, but it was like a preset thing. It never changed. Exactly. And, and I think Kansas, to me, is a perfect example. I think you could get 40 cars and run around the bottom of that track, and you're never going to find a way to make the bottom work yep. as opposed to running by the wall. And to me, that's a physics issue with the way the track is built. You know, whether it's a service issue or what, I don't know. But, I mean, that to me is a track that is, I don't like the track. It's just, it's completely broken. Yeah, Brad, I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, the the goal isn't, you know, well, everybody's running the bottom line and we're putting this rubber down. So the bottom line is the best line because it has the most rubber. You know, like you said, the idea is you go where there's less rubber and you've got more grip there and that's not really depicted right now to where there's a difference between well there is a difference to some extent because i mean if you're in a rubbered in groove it's it's going to be you know a little bit looser likely so there is a little bit of a difference going from a rubber groove to a not rubber groove but the the gains aren't significant as they should be because the non-rubbered groove isn't depicted like it should be. Exactly, you know, and I and I don't feel I don't feel like I have to hunt on the track to try to find grip. Do you know what I'm saying? I almost feel like I still run the same lane every single lap. Yeah, the goal isn't you know just uh, rubber in the bottom line and it, it's going to come in and that that's the fast way. You know, there's got to be options there and. There has to be a, a, a variety of grip levels. And I think, going back to the dirt development, I think this is going to help in that aspect um, with the pavement racing is because dirt, there's always different grip levels because of the way that the, the dirt dries out, it packs down. So hopefully uh, the dirt development will help that side of things to be able to differentiate the different grip levels that we need. I agree, and, and that's what I hope is going to happen. And we're hoping on the fixed side of this to, uh, because, you, you know, with us, we run fixed races. When the track does rubber in and you get a little bit of a change in the track, you still only have that same groove to run. Hopefully this is going to give us more options because in a fixed set, you don't have anything you can adjust to make your car better for when the track does change so if this does open up a couple of grooves or at least give you you know a little bit more grip if you move your car to a different spot uh, guys like us that run the fixed races all the time i think it's going to help us if they can get it right and you know work on it and uh you know really tune it in 
I agree. And, and I think, you know, that's especially with the fixed. I mean, I can I feel myself over the course of a race <clears throat> slowing down. I can feel the track changing, but I, it's not enough to where I need to go hunting for a better place to run. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that's exactly what, what it is. And I think if it, if it gives you that option that you have to hunt, I believe in our league, it's definitely going to make it a lot more competitive for uh, a lot of drivers. Yeah, I mean, if they get it right, you know, even fixed setup racing can be phenomenal. Yep. All right, Kyle. All right, moving on. Um, iRacing announced that they are testing flag movement with wind showing wind direction and speed, and they posted a few um, short clip videos of it to their iRacing Facebook page and Twitter feed. Just another added It's about candy, time. Yeah. I've been kind of wondering why this hasn't been there forever, but they're working on it. The, the last video they put up, too, uh, it shows a flyover with red, white, and blue smoke uh, out of several planes. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I just hope that, you know, it's not a it's not a canned effect and it, it's truly a dynamic effect and we can actually you know, use it for, especially with flags. I mean, it'd be nice to know which direction the wind's blowing and not just have it be, you know, some sort of canned effect. Right. You're going down the front stretch of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You see the wind sock. You know what's going to happen in turn one. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, but uh, all I know is I'm just glad Steve Moore can, can get off the ledge now. It's getting close. <laughs> oh, I think that they shouldn't have too much problems um, making the real effect of it in there. I mean, you can tell when you go from shade to sun how the, how it affects the track. So I think with the uh, the flags, that'll help out. That's another added help feature. Well, right. my theory is if a 10-year-old flight simulator can depec- depict a, uh, a windsock in which direction the wind is blowing, it seems like iRacing should be able to figure it out. There yeah. you go. Okay, moving on. Uh, this Saturday is the Spa 24 Hours, August 6th. Carlos, what do we got? I know you're trying to put together a car. Uh, are we going to be able to do it? Yeah, actually, I just got a couple messages a little bit ago from... Uh international driver to try for help us for our overnight portion. Excellent. Well, at least I think we got quite a... I think we have enough people. Yeah, I'm still on the fence with that one. I I honestly haven't got enough track time. I don't want to commit to saying, yeah, sure, I'll do it, without getting sufficient practice and making sure I'm comfortable being a team event, you know, you got to bring the car back to the next guy, and I got to make sure I'm comfortable doing. Yeah, you got to go run a fuel stint, and without wrecking yes, the exactly. car, and then you know, I would have to do the same thing. So, yeah, Carlos, if you need me on your team, uh, you know, I'll be happy to join in, but I'll have to buy that car and and do some testing. So let me know. Well, so far it's one of the easier of the few cars, at least that I got. What car do you want to run? BMW. Okay. Just because that's what me and Jose are used to. All right. So if uh, 
you guys are going to run the 24 hours of spa that's this saturday so uh check it out yeah so i'm good for like i've already told you what i can do so yeah um there was a post by i believe tony gardner um yep talking about saying that we're considering some changes for a fixed setup series and that would be to be able to give drivers the ability to adjust their brake bias if they don't like how we have it set and they can change it his thoughts you know, they put up a poll yes or no yes so, yeah yes. I, 100 percent there yes and, uh, you know been asking for that for many years and there was actually some talk and i the gist i got was that they could actually push this out a little bit further so we like could you get into some of the gt cars whether it's uh, fuel mapping or other things like that that are more driver traction specific. control yep that are more you know driver specific as opposed to setup so this is a good thing um you know the brake bias has always been completely borked for me um you know watkins Glen this week's perfect example 69 percent. why i don't know but uh hopefully this happens that's and ridiculous. That's a, yeah this is a good thing very good thing and uh boy uh interesting 85 percent voted yes to the change uh, I'm wondering who these people are that voted no. The other 15 percent, though. I don't know. They need to be taken. Why out. would you vote people, no to that? Take him out back like and break my ass. I guess take him out back and beat him. All right, Kyle. Ah, uh, people that are afraid to change. That's probably probably the ones. <laughs> Next up, iRacing announced on the forums that they are uh, bringing the website down. Uh, it looks like. 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow, Tuesday, the 2nd of August, to, uh, looks like, roll out some new updates. Yeah, they really haven't said anything as far as, has anybody seen anything posted as far as what they're doing? Nope. No, I think I'm seeing here is just the, uh, the pre-ordering for the cars is still available. Hmm. My guess right. is, uh... My guess is that it's a fix to that uh, network issue that they don't want to admit is their issue. Yeah, I'm, which I'm we're going to talk that. about next a little bit. Well, let's yeah, talk it's got to it. be related to that, you would think. It's pretty late in the you know in the season to to do an update. So. All right, so let's yeah, get it's not going to be much of a major over overhaul right now. I think there, it's going to be more related to the back end. Right. Well, it's hard to say, but uh, there's been a thread that's been very popular in the last week or two called Connection Issues Since the Last Update, Red Q-Bar, and where all these different iRacers uh, across the world are getting disconnected with the Red Q-Bar. And uh, one of the iRacing team members, Randy Cassidy, who seems to really know what he's doing, uh, he's a network guy. He's been troubleshooting this and working with everybody on and, and trying different things. And I'm not going to get into everything that he's been trying, but he's telling us that he's ruled out that it's a capacity issue in the equipment. Uh, he's done some testing that proves it's not a capacity issue. Uh, there were a lot of people speculating that maybe they were getting bogged down with too many packets and whatnot over the network. Um, but he, he's saying, no, that isn't. Um, however, in a recent post, um, he did work with one of the uh, drivers on capturing some data that he was able to analyze. 
and he found a, a situation where there was a nine-second gap uh, where nothing was being transmitted or something like that, or there were no packets received for a full nine seconds, and then it went back to normal. And so with that being said, um, he's saying this isn't a bug in the client or the server code. Um, he's going to turn it over to IT operations staff, and they're going to be working with their ISP to try to narrow down what that nine-second gap is. Uh, so, like I said earlier, I think there is a, an uptick in connection problems, uh, and you can tell by this nine-page thread, and you can tell that iRacing is actually dedicating resources to it, trying to troubleshoot it. You say nine seconds, and if you think about it, most of the time when these guys are blinking out, that's about the, the, probably the time it is. You know, they're, they're gone, they're gone, and all of a sudden they'll come back. Well, if you think about it, how long does it take you to get around Bristol? What, yeah. 18 seconds or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about half the track, you're gone. Yeah, I mean, and if you think about some of the larger tracks, I mean, you, I've seen guys that are just, you know, they disappear off of two and then reappear in four. I have to think that's what happened um, Thursday night during the uh, the uh, fixed race to me and the gentleman that was in front of me that also got hit. Yeah, I mean, if he loses, if the server loses connection with him for nine seconds, you know, he just keeps on driving. That's what happened to me in New Hampshire. You know, I, I'm just keeping on racing, and all of a sudden I got turned around on, on you know, on a straightaway, and I'm like, what in the heck happened? And then Carlos is like, where are you at? I'm like, uh, I'm in the game. He's like, no, you're not. <laughs> That lasted for like two laps. I didn't see you. Right. But, you know, on my end, I was still seeing people. Yep. So to paraphrase what I said, I'll try to put it in layman terms, but he's saying that the issue is somewhere between the iRacer and the iRacer server. So meaning the Internet. Somewhere over the Internet is, is where the issue is happening. And so that's where they're kind of looking at the moment. To help, he said, hey, if you get disconnected like this, post up in this uh, uh, a link to the results page and put the server time that you were disconnected. And that it would help them if they can figure, they can trace that. And so people have been doing that. Yeah, see, what they'll do is a, a network trace to see how many bounces and um, uh, how much uh, packet activity there is between that specific user and uh, the server. Just hope they get it figured out. Yep. I actually sat and had a very long conversation with one of uh, one of the uh, ad, uh, network administrators at work about uh, this very issue. And did he have any great ideas? Or uh, no, uh, she uh, the the best one we've got, um, uh, woman. And she's fantastic. She said, uh, yeah, that's all they got to do is run a network trace. And, and that'll tell them exactly what's going on. It'll tell them where in the network path that uh, you're getting that loss. And they should be able to trace it down. A lot of frustrated people. I hope they do. Well, imagine the frustration when you uh, go to log into iRacing and, and you click on your bookmark and all of a sudden your account logs you into somebody else because that's what happened to Christopher uh, Sykes 
It's a forum post that apparently he clicked on his bookmark and was logged in as Carlos Claremont's account. Oh, I was going to say me. <laughs> and could pretty much uh, do whatever he wanted to do. And uh, apparently this is uh, not a new issue and it's happened before. Uh, he could have a- hijacked the guy's account, like take, put in a different email address. He could have ran his I rating all the way down. Yep. So uh, the staff posted back, says, uh, as others have noted, it says we've experienced this issue before. It says we identify the problem as an ISP caching pages, but not honoring the associated session cookie. So it says they're moving to an architecture that will be more resistant to this. But uh, he said, you know, typically you just kind of log out, the log back in, everything's fine. But uh, that's well, that's pretty scary because, yeah, like scary. you said, you could, I mean, all you do is a quick change of email and you're done. You're not getting back in. And now try to explain that to iRacing when they say, well, you changed your email. That's a pretty significant yeah. security hole. Yeah, you're pretty much leaving it in the hands of somebody that uh, you don't know what they're going to do. Uh, can you say two-tier authentication? Yeah. Are you sure you want to log in? Well, I, you know, think about it. How many different services out there on the web that you have two-tier authentication with? Now, think about how much money you pay those services. We don't pay them. We pay iRacing a lot of money. Man, I want two-tier authentication. This is the first I've ever heard of this. And this is scary. I don't want people to access my stuff. Exactly. Yeah, we put in a, a of, uh, money and time, you know, into our hobby. And, you know, it's almost like somebody going into your house and stealing all of your model cars. It's it's the same idea. You don't know what they're going to do with them. Are they going to smash them? Are they going to give them back in one piece? I mean, that's, that's a big deal. And could you imagine the nightmare it would be to try to get things straightened up and the time it would take to uh, prove that it wasn't you? and you know, You'd never get your I rating back? or Right. Oh, yeah, I've... Uh... I've done that with um, with Origin, actually. I had, um, I think somebody logged into my account, hacked into my account, and bought uh, like 32 copies of FIFA Soccer 2016. Why? Wow. I have no idea. But yeah, it took some considerable time to get, uh, to get my account credited and uh, to get it back in my control. And what? Origin wonders why it's behind. Exactly. And that's what I said. I mean, imagine going, you, you contact support and tell them that, you know, this has happened. When they look at on their end, they're going to see that you logged in, you changed your email address. So, you know, that's a bad deal. Well, had it been one copy of FIFA Soccer, I think there might have been some question. But the fact that there was 34 um, kind of <laughs> let, lent some credibility to my story. Yeah, it's a no-brainer at that point. Wow, sounds like Oprah. You get a copy, you get a copy, you get a copy. (laughs) Right. I bought a bunch of balls so everybody could play with my balls. (laughs) All right, let's jump into hardware. First up is uh, Digital Race Engineer. I've been talking about this for a couple weeks. Uh, Last night or this morning, uh, the uh, guy did an update. And guess what? He did exactly what I asked him to do. He changed all the key bindings to the iRacing defaults. Thank you. Thank you very much for doing that. Uh, Earlier today, I did reprogram the sim to the iRacing default keys. I took a few minutes to do that. I have yet to try it out. I'm going to run a race actually right after this recording 
and try it out for the first time. Uh, real excited. I hope it works. Um, but he does have a new release out that fixes some of the bugs that we saw in the last couple of weeks. So uh, excited to try that. And that's for voice attack. Yes, it's a plug-in for voice attack. And I, uh, let me tell you a little bit about this, Paul, so in case you didn't hear the last couple of weeks. But uh, you basically uh, download this, this uh, zip file. You unzip it. You put the file in the voice attack app folder and then you enable plugins in your voice attack etc but basically he's got several hundred commands uh, programmed for voice attack now to the default key mappings but it also does this all this other stuff that's proactive like uh, like it'll tell you you can ask it questions and it'll answer you like who's in front of me or it'll tell you when somebody in front of you is pitting and who it is. Uh, Carlos, what were some of those other things it does? What? The voice attack plug-in thing. Oh, hell, I don't know. You're the one is uh I, It does all that. kinds of stuff, but uh, I'm still testing it. I think hopefully by next week's recording, I'll have a, a, a good update about what I think. I think I'll have to get it and make another profile because right now, um, like I said, I've had voice attack probably two years and um i had to set up you know my own keys i even made my own profile because i do uh, uh adminning from voice attack and um it, it was great for me because it was all hands off but the thing was in order even just to put a car number in the steps i had to take just to set up each one of these commands you know was insane and i got it working good now but um if this i, I i'd like to test this and put a uh second profile in and do some work with it and see if it opens up a lot more stuff to it man this might be, uh, make my job a lot easier adminning the races too yeah i'm not sure if he has admin commands but you know what i abandoned my voice attack profile to try this i can always revert back to it but um it has so many different uh commands and what i say proactive stuff where you're not just telling it to type something it's actually, you know, giving you real, real-time information. It's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, so check it out. Uh, the website, if you uh, want to check that out, is the it's t h e a w e dot d k t h e a w e dot d k. Okay, enough of that, Brad. What, what's next? We got some links for some uh, some new uh, graphics cards. I think you guys touched on this a little bit last week. Um, Nvidia is getting ready to unveil its next generation Titan X, priced at a whopping twelve hundred dollars, which will be available on August second. And of course, not to be outdone, AMD's uh, Radeon Pro SSG can handle eight K at ninety six frames per second. Um, and then AMD has also released some details about the new Radeon RX 470 and the 460 graphics card. So if you're uh, if you're in the market for a graphics card, right now is a, a good time to be looking, but you better get the cash out. I can't believe how many different cards are out right now. I can't even keep up. I want to talk a little bit about this, this AMD Radeon Pro, though. Do you realize what's different here? This thing has an SSD hard drive. Well, wouldn't that kind of contradict itself? Well, it's using the SSD as video yeah. RAM. It's pretty neat. 
I mean, so basically, your professional graphic card can come with one terabyte to two terabytes of memory available. Do you see the price? No. Ten grand. Ten grand? Oh, my God. Oh, I'll go ahead and put two of them in. This yeah. is appli- oh, it says application for developer kits are now being accepted. They're available for, from 9999 Full availability is planned for 2017. Now, you know, some iRacer is going to buy this card. Oh, they're an idiot. There'll be one. <laughs> It'll probably be a developer, like, um, main performance PC or somebody. That's crazy. All right. Kyle? Well, it looks like I'm talking about my new paint job that I got on the car this week. I want to thank DD Designs for uh, painting up a scheme for something really close to me. A friend of mine lost their son to ALL, it's a form of leukemia, two years ago after about a 10-month battle. And um, last year I had my brother Dave, who's on the race team, paint up a truck for me and uh, ran it and got some pretty good reviews on it. And this year I decided I wanted to go a little bit more, put a little more detail into the car. And uh, it's a really slick-looking paint job. And I'm actually in talks now of, with a few hosts to try and ro- uh, host a memorial race where we pay to get in, cash prizes, and you name it. So stay tuned for details on that later. Another yeah. kicker would be if everybody would uh, run that paint scheme. Yeah, yeah we like talked about getting at least one race. shots. Well, it certainly is a beautiful car. I love the color schemes on it. Uh, the the hood looks great uh, with the picture of the kid. Uh, so nice, nice job there, Kyle. Uh, so let's uh, wrap it up. Let's go into final thoughts. Uh, let's start with uh, Carlos. What do you got? It's always me. <laughs> Looking forward to the Glen, and hopefully we can do something with this whole 24 hours here. That's pretty much it. All right, Dave Smith. Well, it just so happens to be a birthday week for me. I have my birthday on Friday, and uh, I uh, I look forward to Watkins Glen because Watkins Glen is my home track. I live like 45 minutes from there. And uh, last year I did something that I've been trying to do for years since I started sim racing uh, on PC and console. And, and that was to win at my home track, Watkins Glen, you know, on the week of my birthday. I'd been trying for years. Well, finally, I did it last year, not once, but three times, twice in open and once in fixed. So I put a lot of emphasis on Watkins Glen, and I look forward to going there every year. And uh, just hoping to get uh, a good result um, and continue edging out my points lead and have some fun. All right. Kyle, final thoughts. Well, Lockinson's my home track, too. Obviously, grew up 45 minutes away. Now I live about two hours away. But I'm looking forward to going there. I'm hoping this brake pedal holds up on my sim pedals. So this will be my last week racing with them before I get them shipped down to main performance and get the warranty work done on them. So um, that's about it. I really, really am looking forward to the Glen. Okay, and Brad, final thoughts? 
Um, we're looking forward to Glenn. Should be fun. Hoping we can get something together for uh, for Spa. So the endurance races are are always fun, and it's uh it's nice to to be able to get on a team like that and really enjoy the uh, the camaraderie that we have and and how much fun it is to hand a car off to somebody and knowing you got to keep it safe and then hope that they do the same thing for you when you get back into it. So if you've never done an endurance race, I would encourage everybody to find a team and and do it. It's the uh, some of the most fun you'll you'll ever have sim racing. That's yeah, but make sure. Like Make sure you don't, yeah, you don't wad the car up. You can actually, you know, do an entire fuel stint without wrecking it. If you can do that, you can you can participate. But if you if you can't bring it home and you wreck after two laps every time, you you don't belong. Yeah, and you're you're usually pretty good as long as you don't follow Carlos. <laughs> At the same time, these team events they really can be a blast, but. At the same time, it really it pushes you to be that much cleaner of a driver because you don't want to hand off a dirty car to the next guy when you got it clean. Yep. All right, uh, Lance, final thoughts? Yeah, I like everybody else. Really looking forward to the Glen. Um, I tend to run fairly decent here. Um, been having a lot of fun in um, in the open series. This is the first season I've ever run anything in the open series, and been finding success mostly thanks to uh, thanks to Dave and Brad. Um, having a great time. Hoping to run Spa this weekend. Got a lot of practice to put in. Yeah, we need to get to it. Uh, Paul Zotta, thanks for joining us. What's your final thoughts? Well, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you for having me on and. Uh, I'm looking forward to some of the stuff that iRacing is uh, bringing out. Hopefully the things that they do will be a step in the right direction, especially to help leagues like mine that are fixed leagues. And um, if they can open up a couple of adjustments that maybe we could do to um, at least keep up with the tracks. Um, we're going to the Glen also this week in the league, and uh, we had to modify the setup because we just couldn't do the setup that was on there. So... Um, the information you guys gave here was good, and I uh, appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to go do some testing with that uh, voice attack program and see what kind of goodies it will give us for our league. All right, cool. And you're welcome anytime, Paul. Thanks for coming. Uh, my final thoughts are, boy, you know, the NASCAR iRacing series. I finally made it to the second page of results, both in uh, fixed and open. Um, and I got a long ways to go to get to where I finished last year which was the first page of results which is basically top 25 uh but i'm working it and i you know i can kind of see myself inching up the the standings every week uh so i'm headed there and and a shout out to brad wren you're running third and second division uh that's kicking butt there so uh keep it up and with that that's it we'll see you next time see ya see you guys Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.